This show brings the temperature of sports to a whole new level. Whether it's a local opinion or a national agenda, everything is fair game. Remember, everyone has an opinion, but only few can back it up. Now sit back, crank up the volume, and if you think you can handle it, get ready for the heat. And we're live. Welcome, everybody. Heat Ratio Sports Heat Ratio Live, episode 151. Uh, joining Tony Cotillo, Coach Dave Dixon, and the first time ever on a live show, Mr. Andre Johnson. What's what up, up people? Man? What's up, Andre? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, good to be here. I'm on with Coach Dave. Do you guys know what this means? Coach Dave, I don't get to tweet him and and, and, and send him messages when when you go live. I can see his face; he's right there. Coach Dave, let's get it. You're my man, Andre. It's gonna be listen. It's gonna be a fun show, boys. We're gonna do a little something different. And again, listen. I know we talk about current events and and it's street, but but sometimes it gets a little stagnant, right? So I want to do a little something different tonight. Number one, I want to look back. Because it was just an anniversary last week of the big signing of Bryce Harper. Look mm-hmm. back at the Bryce Harper Manny Ramirez effect. I, I have some stats. Let's see how they're doing right now, right? Uh, we, we're going to talk a little bit NBA ringless players, and we brought this up on. Uh, there's Al checking in. What's up, Dre's on the mothership? <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we talked about this on Twitter. Ringless NBA players, people that have never want to ring now obviously we were partial because we have our man charles barkley and our man ai but let's talk about beyond those two guys who we want to give a ring to and then we're going to talk about some nfl quarterbacks because russell wilson wants to move but here's a it's a generic question do you fire the coach or do you trade the quarterback? Very mm. interesting dynamic, right? So we're going to get into that. And then we're going to end on, again, the new Biggie documentary comes out on Netflix. Looking good, right? Let's talk about our top three Biggie playlist track because we touch on all kinds of culture on this show as well. So, boys, let's get right to it. Let's get right into the Bryce yeah. Harper effect. And the reason why I want to do that is I was huge all over Bryce Harper. Mm. I was the guy who didn't want Manny Machado. I wanted nothing to do with Manny. I thought Manny was a me guy, you know, and everybody gave Bryce a Har- Harper a bad rap. He played in Washington. They said he had an attitude. He took plays off sometimes, you know, because he was frustrated. I seen none of that right now. I see an absolute vision of what a Philadelphia athlete, athlete should be. Now, before I get to this, guys, I want to, before we get to the stats, I want to ask you guys a question. And mm-hmm. Andre... Because you're the guest tonight, not the guest, yeah. but guest on a mothership, like 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 uh, Mr. Al Griffin says. Yes, sir. Your opinion when this was going down? Did you uh, did you think that the Phillies were going to land Bryce Harper? Because there was a lot of back and forth, you know, with Scott Boris and you got mm-hmm. the Chicago White Sox, so many teams in the fight. Did you really think we were going to land Bryce Harper? Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you, and it's funny because, we, like you said, we, we're going to just not we're not only going to talk Bryce Harper and NBA, we're going to talk culture, right? Yep. You got to understand Bryce Harper, when he was with the Nationals, this guy not only was just the man, like he was he was everything to that city. This guy was so much to that city. And you guys look it up. He actually had a song while they actually made a song for Bryce Harper called Bryce Harper. Like, so. Wow. It's, it's, it's incredible, right? So you really think about it. You go, Bryce Harper's not coming here. It's Philadelphia. We're going to somehow screw it up, right? We're going to somehow. But I look at both those guys, man, talking about Bryce Harper, both of them combined is almost a half a billion dollars. Jeez, and contract money. And we actually have one of those guys? So when when he came, when you talk to Scott Boris, and Scott Boris is the, listen, the guy is a beast when it comes to being an agent. Like I, you got to give him his props, right? But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, we're dealing with the Phillies organization. We have a couple key players and people in place. Are we going to get that guy that's going to take us over the top? 
and and like sell some tickets and get us in. You know what? They said we got to go big, and when we got him, when we got him, I, I listen. It, it rejuvenated me, and <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. I'm a four for four guy, and for me to be excited and like stupid excited about the Phillies, and the signing of Bryce Harper went down. I just man, I just screamed because. That's the guy we need. Like, we need a superstar in this type of market. You go too many years without a marquee player in this market, you're going to really shoot yourself in the foot. So getting Bryce Harper, like putting those players around them, like the guy from, from Pittsburgh came in. We got we got the – obviously, we got a, a nice catcher. We're, we're ready to go. So, yes, Bryce Harper was a major signing, big that, time. You, you make a great point because it was my point – all along in the pursuit that we needed a face for the organization. We had none. Reese Hoskins was not a face, right? We right. It, he's not. He wasn't. And we were kind of forcing him into that category where he, he didn't belong. Bryce Harper was the guy that was going to put butts in the seats. He was going to sell merchandise. He was going to sell season tickets. You see, as soon as they signed him, People were lined up for season ticket packages. People were buying Bryce Harper shirts. I mean, the Phillies were making buku bucks, man, and it, it it was obvious. So, Dave, when we talk about this signing, because like Andre said, he was he was Washington, right? He was he he emulated the national emblem. He really did. And for him to leave same division and the mm-hmm. company Phillies and sign that. 13-year deal, something that nobody thought was even possible. Dave, did you really expect that to happen when it did? No way. No <laughs> way. I mean, <clears throat> I, we, we talked about this a long time ago, obviously, but uh, I, I love the conversation. Um, I Bryce is a West Coast guy, right? I, he was born in Nevada. I'm pretty positive of that. I, I was for certain that he was going back to the West Coast. Um Obviously, pie in the sky, I wanted them both. <laughs> and I told Tony that I remember. a long time ago. I said, why not get us both? I want them both. And um, probably, I, I, I'm not sure, Tony, but maybe you could tell me. I think I wanted Manny more than Bryce at mm. one point in the conversation. Um, and and i tell you what, I, I, I love how Manny plays the game, first of all, but I, I, to a certain degree. I love what I see even more in Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper has proved me wrong. He is um, – I know he comes from blue-collar background. His father is a union construction worker. And Bryce Harper emulates that type of behavior. He, he, he reminds me of a typical Philly blue-collar, if you will, a Chase Utley mold type of guy. And uh, – I was I'm pleasantly surprised, if not even more excited about Bryce Harper being here. Um, it, it's it's you know, uh, how can I say this and not be negative? Um, we had to go get somebody like him because our drafts and in the Phillies organization up to this point was nothing like what we were used to uh, coming up when they had Rollins. Rollins was homegrown, Cole Hamels. Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, um, Pat Burrell. I mean, those guys were all homegrown talents that were basically our own superstars. Jimmy Ron was MVP of the of Major League Baseball. Um, so we had to go and get somebody like that, and and we got him. And I was shocked when we got him. Yeah, I'll tell you, and I, I definitely, Dave, you know, I, I wanted nothing to do with Manny Machado. Right? <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with Manny Machado. He, Manny Machado, would be more worried about his hairstyle than hitting a baseball. That, mm-hmm. right, and that, that's what I didn't want nothing to do with Manny Machado. So, it, you know, remember, Dave, it was that, and, and Andre, I, I'm sure you remember too. I'm, I'm trying to think the, the one time they brought him out to Citizens Bank Park, and he went to open the door, and it was like he, he didn't even want to reach and touch the handle. He's like, yo, he's like Ric Flair yeah. with the ropes. Hitting the ref, like, yo, let's go. Hook the ropes up. Like, no, man, you don't have that status, Manny. Stop. And I was like, see, that's why I don't want Manny right there. And Bryce Harper has just been electric. He really has. He has hit more boxes than I thought he'd be able to check off, honestly. Uh, He really has. What's that? 
No, I, I agree. He, he he checks off the box. Well, first of all, as far as Machado, I was done with Machado when when the reports came out the way he went to dinner and yep. made, you know the way that that like to me, I was wondering why that was such a big deal. But the big deal was it, it spoke to his character. Yep. You know, and Bryce Harper when Bryce Harper was interviewed and, and shown the city, it spoke to his character because he he just he like literally embraced the city almost immediately. And and there was reports that. Um, if you like Reggie Jackson, there's a major comparison with Bryce Harper and Reggie Jackson. Like if you go through all the numbers, there is it's eerily, eerily uh, the same. Like every category, strikeouts, home runs, on-base percentage, all those, all the numbers between him and Reggie Jackson are literally almost eerily the same, but maybe off only a couple, a couple at bats, a couple steals, a couple, you know, walks or what have you. But to compare it to, Re- to compare him to Reggie Jackson, oh my God! I'd rather that than somebody that has character issues and and, and signed for a three hundred million dollar contract. I mean, Bryce's contract was a little just a, just slightly above that or slightly below that at three thirty or something like that. So to me, we did we made the right decision, and I was happy because typically it's the other way where we yeah. see the star go to. A, a, a just a a division opponent, and and just to be a little selfish, I felt that I'm glad we got Bryce because it felt like it was a Jason Worth one up. It's like I just felt that we just just that we needed that one up from Jason Worth because he was coming home and, and killing us. Yeah. That was like what we played against the, the Nationals after after he went there. Well, you're you're right about that. I remember you saying that. You, you felt with the whole Jason Worth effect, and you're absolutely spot on with that. I I I, I just look at the moments, the Bryce Harper moments we've gotten already. I mean, obviously, we all point to that game winning home run, right? I mean, that and, and walk off, I, I, unbelievable. That that will go down as one of the best moments for the Phillies, no matter what my man Dan Green says about following up. With a win. I don't care, man. John Crock almost lost his hot dog over that hit, bro. Like, <laughs> seriously. Like that, that that I mean that that was insane. But looking beyond the numbers, I I thought this was really interesting. It's the first time, honestly, I've ever broken down their numbers. Now, obviously, last year was only a 60-game season, and some of them didn't even play some of the games. So, but I'm still gonna add it in, okay? So right. if you look at Bryce's numbers, it, he he had 763 at bats. His average is 267, 48 home runs, 148 walks, 147 RBIs, and 200 hits. Now, Manny Machado, here's a funny thing, okay? Manny Machado had plus 48 more at-bats, okay? 278 average, which he's got the higher average, 48 home runs, identical, both at 48 home runs, which is odd. I, I, I couldn't believe that. 91 walks. A lot less walks for my man Manny. 132 RBIs, and he's plus 48 on the games. That's not good, but he has 18 more hits. So, mm-hmm. it, look, number-wise, it looks like Bryce is winning so far. Okay, but obviously, you know, Manny had a slow start, but he did have that three- or four-month period where he was just on fire, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was absolutely electric. But I, I was surprised that they both had 48 home runs. That was, that was, that was interesting to me. But yeah. look, now here, here's, the, here's the question that we ask, and this, yeah. is, this, is, this is where we have a little fun. So which guy do you think gets the ring first? And, you know, or, or gets, I should say, close to the ring, you know, because we don't know if either of these teams are ever going to win a ring. But let's just say cl- who gets closest to winning a ring. Is, is it Manny if he's in San Diego or is it Bryce if it's Philly? For me, it's Manny only because that team in San Diego is stacked mm-hmm. with pitching, right? You go out, you yeah. get two Cy Young guys with you, Darvish and Blake Snell to already go with their really, really good rotation. And they go one through eight in the lineup. I mean, they have guys like Will Myers back seventh or eighth who's hitting 25 home runs. Uh, they have one of the best young players in the major leagues of Fernando Tatis who signed another deal just like Bryce Harper. But Andre, which one gets closer to a ring to, in your opinion? All right. This is, this is a heart and head decision. Yeah, okay? exactly. Like, <laughs> My, my heart, my heart clearly says Bryce, one hundred percent, right? And and the reason why I'm saying Bryce, well, obviously my heart is saying Bryce, but my head is clearly saying Machado. 
But I got to say, I want to say Bryce, but this is why I want to say Bryce, because isn't it important? And, I, and I'm going to throw this question out there, like almost in a rhetorical sense, but isn't it important the way Major League Baseball pitchers look at the bat, opposing batter? Like in Major League Baseball, in 2019, Bryce Harper led the league. He was number one in the league with pitchers throwing outside the box. So 58% of his pitches that would, I mean, just think about this for a second. 58% of the pitchers coming at you were clearly purposely thrown outside of the box. So you won't crack it out of the park. That's respect. Wow. That is respect. But Chato's not even in the top 10 for that. So I, now as far as his teammates, <laughs> San Diego is stacked. I mean, them guys, mm. them guys hit around. The line, the lineup is stacked. I get it, and we're and, and we've already proven that one or two injuries on our team can really mess up the entire rotation, and can really mess up like who's in bat, what what batter is coming up next. Because we were we were going back and forth with, um, and I always forget his name. That's a shame, but he came the guy that came from Pittsburgh, McCutcheon. Uh, McCutcheon. When McCutcheon went down, we were we were. I was like, that's the, that's yeah. a problem. That's a major problem because. When Reese Reese comes up, so now what do we have? We got Reese and Bryce. I mean Bryce, and and then they were flipping that. Then the young kids stepped up a little bit. But the point I'm making is, is that San Diego don't really. If one of those guys go down, number two is coming up. Number three is coming up. Number four is coming up. You know, depending on the the batting order that they just don't let up. So I got it. My heart goes with Bryce. My head goes with Machado, but. It goes with Bryce because of the respect that he demands when he's up at bat. It's a great point. Uh, Brian, checking in. What's up, Brian? Says, hell, that's that's a step further than respect. That's outright fear. Yeah, it right? is. 58% wow. of the pitchers. Look it up. Google it. He's number one in Major League Baseball in, in 2019. Number one. That's crazy. I, I that that's a that's an unbelievable stat. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Adam says Harper is closer. Uh, interesting, interesting. Coach Dave, what's your thoughts, buddy? Well, I mean, if we put them on paper, <laughs> there's no comparison. <laughs> right. uh, but in a, a, a talking to us that live in Philadelphia and remember the 93 Phillies, um, and I'm not saying that we're them or even close to them, but anything can happen in baseball. But I'm going to go a different route mm. minus the talent part we're removing the talent part, and I'm going to say the Padres, because of our division, um, I still think that Washington has an unbelievable pitching staff, and Atlanta is – it is Atlanta, um, and they're extremely talented on, uh, on offense and defense. And also the Mets, I mean, I don't know. I, I would like to say we're above the Mets, but you never know what you're going to get. They have still some unbelievable – pitching talent as well there. So the my reason isn't going to be talent. My reason is going to be because of our division and, and, and you know, the wild card is even tough to achieve. Um, so I think if I if you put a gun to my head or you told me I had to bet the mortgage on something, I would go San Diego will be there first, Tony, before the Phillies right now. Uh, listen, I, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I I I just know you know what Al says is. I mean, listen, he's spot on. You know, saying it's been less than five years, right? It's only been two years, and you can already call him a Philly guy. It's a great point. You can already. It, it's like he came in being a Philly guy. Right. He came in. He accepted everything, he accepted the culture. He accepted the fit. I mean, hell, he played in the NL East. He knew what to expect. And that's what I kept saying. Everybody's like, oh, he doesn't want to come here. He just wants some money. No, listen, dude, he knew what to expect. He, I, I think he did want to come here. Right. It shows. It's exactly what he thought it was. Plus more him running out the right field and, and, and Andre you've played sports Dave you played sports you coach you guys both coach I coach you know that there's nothing like uh, being an athlete running out to the field and getting a standing ovation or mm. people cheering for you like you're the king nothing like it and that's what you knew you were getting that's what we give you that's what we give you. And he knew, okay, if I play bad, I may get a couple boos because I'm getting paid $330 million. But he expected that anyway because he's saying, I know what kind of product I have to get. So that's what, to me, that's the great part about Bryce Harper. 
I let, me throw, let me throw a useless stat out there, but I think it's funny with Machado. Did you know Machado was in the top 10 of worst hitters between innings six and nine, six and nine? That just tells me that he comes out hot and then he cools off. But guess who's in the top five on the opposite end of the spectrum? Bryce Harper. <laughs> that means he comes out slow and gets hot. Always. By, by the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. It's a weird stat. It's like he's he's like – he has like a 168 batting average from inning six to nine, Machado does. Well, it's you like that, you, can, you can go crazy with these numbers. That's why I said this. That's a heart and a head conversation. It's like, like who's going to win the battle? It's like two dumb lawyers going at each other, and the only one that's going to win is the one that can lie to the greatest. Well, you know, yeah. that's – well, you know, it's funny. Right away in my head, even though it's usually you're saying inning six on for Manny, I'm saying to myself because he gives up. Right, right away. I'm like, that's who Manny is. He's like, ah, screw it. You know what, Pam? I'm good. Just get, me, hit- get me to the ice bath. That's <laughs> all. Just get me to the ice bath. He's like, he's like Roger Dorn in Major League. You know, yeah. what I mean? that, that, that's Manny Machado to me, yeah. man. You know, um, uh, Brian checking this is Bryce. Bryce came in not only knowing what to expect, he came in knowing how to tap into the heart of Philly fans inside yeah. and outside to say that's a great point. Great point and spot on. Al Second says he loves the passion we bring to the game and not just in baseball, but all sports. That's correct as well. And 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 the thing is, how about his dad? I, I, I swear to God, dude. I think I, I would put money on that dude to go in the ring with like Conor McGregor, man. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, I look at his dad, I'm going, damn. Like I think that dude could play right now. Like uh-huh. he's intense as they come. And and we know it goes back and not to sound cliche, but we both know as fathers and coaches that mm-hmm. when you have a dad who's a coach and and he's an animal like that and, and he's high powered and he has a mo- you're you're going to be so disciplined and you're going to come out on top because he's constantly going to push you to be the best you can be and I, I oh, think yeah. that's why he's so good. Yeah, his his family did some amazing things for him, Bryce Harper. His dad, is, I, I mean, I love the roots. He's a union rod setter. Out in Nevada, yes. he's uh, he's jacked up with what Tony's talking about. I mean, the man's in incredible shape. Um, but they did some interesting things with Bryce, uh, having him finish high school early and entered into a junior college, so he was eligible for the draft at an earlier age. And um, I mean, you want to talk about a committed family and knowing what you have in this in Bryce Harper, um, you know. It, Interesting thing. I mean, I'm all in on Bryce. Uh, I am all in. He had a bat made. I don't know if you guys seen this. Not only did he have clear water, right, with, with how we talk in Philly, mm-hmm. but the bat was painted, and it was the uh, Philly fanatic on the on painted on the bat. I thought that was really cool too, man. Uh, he's just uh, he's a neat guy. He's a really really neat guy. He is he is all filled up. Man, he is all yeah. filling up, and there it is right there. And <laughs> the match is right there. And that that's actually our thumbnail page for the YouTube episode tonight. I mean, nice. I, when I seen that, I was like, look, at, you know, and remember when he had the spikes? You know, yeah, he had, he, right? He had the spikes with the Philly finesse. Like, he, he went all in, man. And, yeah. like, you listen, you can kind of fake it yeah. if you want to, but you know he's not faking it. This is who Bryce is, man. This is who Bryce is. Uh, perfect time to segue because we're going to segue to baseball a little bit. Our girl Jenna checking in says, halftime, Clippers 63, Celtics 62. <laughs> Listen, I, I, this is what I have to say, man. And, and, and I will say this, and Andre knows this. I know David yeah, follows too, but, you know, Jenna does know what she's talking about. And she She's a great follower of the show. We treat her as family. But – she got a spot. She's doing a podcast with the Athletic in a couple weeks, man. Talking hey, nice. from Celtics, man. So she, listen, man. She's doing things, man. Check her out, man. She, she is no. Don't be afraid to give our Sixers some credit. <laughs> well, listen, Dave. I'm telling you, we we going to get we going to get Jenna. It's going to be me, Andre, Al, and Jenna mm-hmm. on that that Celtics Sixers post game show in April. So get ready. It's coming. I'm telling you, it is coming. Definitely. Uh, but let's segue right to the NBA. 
And I want to talk this because we got a ton of interaction with this on Twitter. And not just because we posted. This is straight from Bleacher Report. I'm not taking credit for anything. I just took their picture. I gave them credit. And I thought it was a great, great topic to talk about. And it's ringless NBA superstars, right? And you look at this list. And I'm going to put it up right here so everybody can see it. Uh, you know, basically, we're just talking about what, you know, what could we mm-hmm. do? Uh, it's not going to get there, so I'll do it a different way. But, you know, what what could we do besides Charles Barkley and AI? So, yeah, go, go to the side. Right? We got to go to the side. Uh, besides yeah. Charles Barkley and AI, we, we think about it because, listen, we, we as Philly natives are uh, obviously, if you're not picking Charles and AI, I have to, I have to ask your fandom card to put, go put in, a, put in a trash can because you, you got to say both of them, right? But right. besides those two, take those two off the list, Okay. Who would your two guys be if you could give a ring to? Who would they be? And you got to pick two. Don't just give me one. Give me three. You got to go two. Now, now Adam checking in saying Carl Malone. Now, uh, Jenna says Reggie Miller. I love the Reggie Miller pick, by the way. I said uh, Reggie Miller. Right? Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I love. Listen, I I love the Reggie Miller pick. I do. Um, you know, oh, it, it got cut off, but number ten is George Gervin. Okay, so number ten is George Gervin. Nice man. So exactly, um, Steve. L- listen, I, I mean, Adam says Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone. I'm gonna go, Dave. We'll start with you on this one, man. You're picking two guys and so many great names and moments on this list. Who are you giving a ring to off this list, man? Well, my second one's going to be difficult. Uh, we're obviously we're not allowed to pick our guys. You said I know that. I'm just saying it out loud. Um, I'm going to go Dominique Wilkins for me. I mean, I love watching Dominique play. I loved every, every part of his game. I love that. You want to talk about to me, never giving up. Um, Mm. That was neat. I mean, and, and his thunderous dunks like rose you right out of the chair. You know, you, you sat when you watch Dominique play to me, you, you sat on the edge of your seat and watched every move because you never knew uh, when he was going to jump out of the building. Um, and I thought that that to me was, was extremely exciting to watch. Um, <clears throat> the second guy, I'm going to go Reggie. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Reggie Miller. Mm. I, I, I enjoyed watching Reggie play. I thought he was a, a great competitor. And one of my highlights in basketball, I think our top five in, in my mind in basketball, I'm pretty – I'm not sure 100% if it was a playoff game or not, but he scored, what was it? He scored like nine points in 23 seconds or some crazy number. Uh, it was against the Knicks. Was that a playoff game, Tony? I think it was. It was, that was, uh, that, that's burned into my brain for the rest of my life, that, that play. He was able to accomplish such a feat. I, that, that was phenomenal to me. But mm. I said to you guys off air, right, Andre? I said yep. to you, you know, on this list, all you have to do is go through who Jordan didn't allow win the championship. And you yeah. can from the guys right off the top, I think there was like five of them that Jordan didn't allow to win a championship. So, um, yeah, uh, they're the two guys I'm going with, Tone. I like it, man. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, listen, I don't. And Andre, I, I don't really think there's a there is a bad name off the list right here. Nah, <laughs> there's really not. Uh, you know, check it in. Uh, Brian says Reggie Miller, Carl Malone. I, I, I'll tell you straight up. The only reason why I can't go Carl Malone, Brian, because I think, and I'm going to say this, no, no disrespect, but I think he's a bitch. Okay, because I watched him in those Utah and Chicago. All he did was cry. All he did was cry, and he was bigger than everybody. He could he could have mowed mm-hmm. down anybody on that court. And he decided to just cry over every foul he didn't get. So for me, I'm not taking Carl Malone. That's all I read. Nope. Jenna says, should a Kemba Walker be on there? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. My, Michael Jordan might think may say so. I don't know. Yeah, he got rid of him though. I got um, it, I got a real, I got a weird too, but a good. Yeah, two. man. What you got? I got T Mac and Ewing. Mm-hmm. I got T Mac and Ewing because I put T Mac in that category with with Penny Hardaway. Like I, I like I always thought Penny Hardaway should have won a ring with Shaq. You know mm-hmm. they had the, they had Anderson, Shaq, Penny. Like their team was just incredible. But I, I like T Mac because that 
just like Penny, if it wasn't for that injury, the guy was incredible. Yeah. He was incredible. You know, when the uh, the Canada teams and, and then they obviously with his stint with the Rockets, he still was the man. I mean, in, in fact, rest in peace to Kobe. But I, I believe I remember uh, Kobe saying that he was he he was like the best guy that ever defended him. Yeah, you're right. You know, and, yeah. and you that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. But I got in definitely, definitely Patrick Ewing, Hall of Famer. I mean, you you had guys like Oakley Starks on your team, like balling, and we we talked about that on the Heat Ratio. We talked about that on um, Half Court Heat. You yep. and you and to me should have had a ring. He should have had a ring. But it goes to your point, Coach Dave. If it wasn't for Mike, he would have had a ring. <laughs> You're definitely uh, right. He would have had a ring. We, but, uh, exactly what we talked about. So I'm going T Mac, T Mac, and and Patrick Ewing. I like the T Mac pick. For me, I, I for me, I have to go T Mac, and I and, and and I know we talked about Patrick Ewing last night, and and he definitely deserves one. But for me, I I, I have so many moments of Reggie Miller, and you know, it, no disrespect to Ray Allen, who okay. is one hell of a pure shooter, mm-hmm. but Reggie Miller was one of the most purest, if not the pure shooter I've ever watched. Um, I, I just, just, just his, you know, he, he always got a raw deal because he was on Indiana who never went, you know, to the big dance when he was okay. there, played on some really good teams, but again, mm-hmm. played in the Jordan era, but he played, you know, here's the thing. If, if Reggie would have played in this era right now, while I'm watching Cork Moss shoot six for 13 from three point land, Reggie would be shooting like 12 a game. He'd be like 12 <laughs> for 15 every game. I mean, we weren't even in the three point era back then because right. he was constantly worried about the, the Davis brothers, Antonio and, and, and Dale down low. That's who he's right about feeding the ball to, right? Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, he, I mean, God, even he, he had to worry about giving the ball to Detlef Shrimp. If it was just, if it was just Reggie, and right now in this, wow, well, I'll tell you, he's he's actually the one guy, him and AI, I would love to take from this list and put him in this era today. And, and that's another question. I would love to take AI and Reggie Miller and, and take him right now and put them in today's game. I would love it because and T Mac and T Mac, one hundred percent. Right. But yeah, I'm T Mac because T Mac to me, you know, again, unfortunately, we talked about half court heat about windows of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I know T Mac's not a, 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 you know, he's not a big guy. Right. He's not a big, but he had microfracture surgery, just like Amari Stoudemire did. You know, and when you have that to your knee, you're never the same. Never the same. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people realize how good he was in Toronto. Everybody yeah. thinks of Tracy McGrady in Houston, but I don't think they remember how good he was in Toronto before that, right? I mean, this kid was electric. He really was. And, and I would love to give T-Mac and I would love to give Reggie Miller a ring because for me, they're the two guys on that list that I remember the most. I really do. Um, uh, yeah, Mike says this list. Listen, Mike, I know. This list is super tough, man. Super yeah. tough. Uh, and Brian says, don't bring up that Corkinaz name, please. That name is like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Cork, man. Cork. Shoot six last night. You still ain't getting no love, man. You don't know, You just don't know what game Cork is going to bring, man. Yep. I just want one quick point about Reggie Miller. It's like uh, Mark Jackson was his like, biggest advocate. And, and he's like, dude, it's a crime that Reggie Miller doesn't have a statue out in, out in Indiana. It's a crime. Like, name name another name name another Hall of Fame pacer. Yeah. No, I mean, I, he had to play with Rick. He had to play with Rick Smith. The the, the flying Dutchman. Yeah. Cool, man. Like, <laughs> you, remember, you remember who coached that team? Those teams, those successful pacer teams back then. They were perennial playoff team every year. You remember who the coach was? So, let me think. I, I know Larry Bird had a you know cup of tea with them, um, but Larry Brown, Larry Brown, the same LB, right? Larry Brown, yeah. What? What? Larry didn't I, Didn't Rick Adelman have a little cup of coffee out there in Indiana too? He had a, he had a, he had a, a ginger ale with him. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> I, I never understood that. Because the way he came in, I thought it was kind of awkward. But it's it is what it is. Well, listen, Tracy McGrady, and let's just, you know, let's just break this down, okay, for, again, in Toronto, his last year is when he really started to come alive, okay, he played 79 games, he only averaged 15 and a half, but that's when you started to see the Tracy McGrady come out before he went to Orlando. Now, you've got to look at the time he spent in Orlando. Okay, and look at two years at 2003 and 2004. He was 23, 24 years old. Uh, he averaged 30 at age 23 in 2002, 2003, averaged 32. Okay, he was unbelievable that year 32, five assists. He averaged two steals, even got a block a game, right? Mm-hmm. Getting five boards, shooting 50% from the field goal for field goal percentage. I mean, this he was electric. Unstoppable. And that, that Orlando team was really good too, by the way. He was unstoppable. He's unstoppable. He was. And 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 you gotta keep in mind it, when he was in Toronto, he was playing with the great Vince Carter. So mm-hmm. you know that that's a, that was a tough one as far as his numbers because True. you gotta split you gotta split that ball. You know, you got Vince Carter playing above the rim, you got Tracy Buck playing above the rim, and 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 I wouldn't be surprised if he had more assists, average more assists with Toronto than he did with Orlando. But um because I think I think his career average with Toronto was like 15, 16 points. I think you just said that, but Orlando, those two years with Orlando, you're 20, you're in the young twenties, averaging 30, Mm. like amongst veterans and hall of famers. Yeah. And you're still averaging 30. That's why I said T-Mac and Ewan. I mean, I know I lean more towards Ewan, but man, T-Mac stats are out of the, they're just crazy. They, they're out they, of bounds. They, they're they're out of bounds. <laughs> so, based on this, and you know, and we always, like I said, we were doing a little something different tonight, and this is why I like to bring up these conversations because everybody likes to check in and and all over Twitter, the the the, the responses were all over the place. A lot, I, I got a lot. We got a lot of Patrick Ewing and AI. A lot of AI. AI was in every single response. Steve Nash AI. Ewing and AI, right? Charles and AI, which we know. Uh, McGrady and AI, right? I mean, everybody was AI, 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 which deservingly slow, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just exactly what we expect. But it's pretty interesting when you take (laughs) – I got to live. Because our body ruined today, Junior. My man Joe responds, Barkley chased and still couldn't do it. Malone was a POS but Grady was always in the wrong way. Give it to AI. I, I love Joe, man. He's the best. Um, uh, PJ says, as a homer, it's Iverson. He busts his ass to win a ring, and they never gave him any guys to compliment him besides at any age, but still solid. Still still gave him to Kembe. But other than that, he says, first I'd pick T-Mac, right? So, uh, again, some, the only answer, AI. Everybody, everybody AI and obvious, for obvious reasons, but – let, let, let's circle back a little bit, and I, I want to bring up this Russell Wilson thing. We got about we're about forty minutes in. We're, we're, we're making really good time here, and the reason why I want to bring the Russell Wilson thing in yeah. is specifically because I think the dynamic of this entire situation is very interesting, and it's just starting to unfold. Russell Wilson is thirty-two years old. He is don't don't, don't get it twisted. He is the franchise. He is the guy they paid to be the the brand ambassador of the Seattle Seahawks. But every guy has a point, and Russell got pounded year in and year out. And, and, and we've talked about it on this show. Guys like Aaron Rodgers, I never understood. They've never invested in an offensive line for Aaron Rodgers. They've never invested in an offensive line for Russell Wilson. I, I never got it. I never understood it. So finally, Russell starts to say, you know what? I see all these guys moving around. Maybe it's my turn. Maybe it's my turn to go to a different team. I'm tired of this. So question is, I'm not going to get it. Where is he going to go and all that? But the interesting question I want to give you guys is, if you're the manager or the general manager or the owner of the team, do you fire the coach or do you move the player? And and, and I think it's very interesting dynamic that Pete Carroll is one of the top five coaches in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So you have to look that way and say, if, if there is a divide between those, we're not talking about Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz. We're talking about Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. So, Coach Dave, 
If you if you're sitting there and you're making this decision and you know that one of these guys has to go, let's just pretend that this this is a fractured relationship between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Do you get rid of the coach or do you get rid of the quarterback? Which way do you go with your franchise? Are we specifically looking at Seattle or in general? Right. Let's just I'm just yeah because I think the dynamic is you have a Pro Bowl caliber. MVP player in Russell Wilson and a top five coach. I, I don't know any look around the NFL if you can figure out another situation with that same dynamic. Right. Then yes, but I, that's why I specifically pick it out. Okay. Russell and Pete Carroll. Uh, the reason why I ask is well, Pete Carroll. It's kind of it's, it's an odd situation. It's uh, because the coach is old, older, yep. and and Russell is on the end of. His career, if you will, I mean, he, unless he's Tom Brady, he's an older quarterback um, in the league right now. So, but honestly, what I would do is I would keep the quarterback. There's only 32, 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, or you know, and and Russell is, in my opinion, he's top five in the league. So, if you Think that your window, you brought up window a little bit ago in a, in a different segment, um, is closing. You got to get, you got to keep Russell because the hardest thing to do is get a stud quarterback in this league, right? You have him for what? Let's just say, you know, two or three more years. I, I love Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll is an unbelievable coach. I think the way he resonates and, and takes care of the men and the players is phenomenal. But you're asking me to make a choice. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with keeping the the quarterback. Um, I hate this conversation <laughs> because uh, why would I want to get rid of a coach? Right? I mean, I right. feel I feel you know, and and one player doesn't make the team, especially in football, right? Uh -huh. But you're asking me to make a decision. I'm keeping Russell Wilson. I'm keeping Russell Wilson. I mean, the quarterbacks make the league. They make the league. So, um, you know, that's that's where I'm standing on it. Like, you know, I, I, I love both guys. I, you know, I want every quarterback to be like Russell Wilson. Um, I want every coach be close to Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll and Bruce Arians and, and, and Tomlin, like those coaches don't come around too often. They, they just, um, and and you know, I don't know, man. That's that's a tough one, Tony. That's why I was hoping you'd say, well, in the rest of the league, because I had a whole different other scenario for you. But that, well, well, uh, listen. The only reason why I brought this one up is because, like I said, I mean, these are these are two top guys, and and looking around the league, it's you know, listen, it's Deshaun Watson, or let's just say the interim coach was Romeo Cornell. Uh, I think it's obvious. Who we're going with, right? Like, yeah. like we're uh, sorry, Romeo, you got to walk, bro. You know what I mean? But this is tough, Andre. This is a really yeah. tough, you know, a, analytical decision that you have to make as an owner of a franchise going forward. Which way would you go? You know what? I was hoping. I actually, I, I, maybe it's, I'm a little cynical with this one, but I was hoping Dave went the opposite the reason, <laughs> just so I could, just so I can challenge. His, his opinion, but he he went with the right decision. You um, and I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you three numbers. You know I like throwing this type of stuff. Yeah, man, hook it up. So man. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you three numbers, three consecutive numbers, and you gotta you just gotta know your your two your two times tables. 24, 26, 28. What does that represent? Well, they lost the Super Bowl. They this is when it all happened for me with Pete Carroll. 20, 28 to 24. That was the final score of the Super Bowl, right? When they lost to New England. Yep. 26 seconds was that was what was left on the clock. And you decided to throw the ball when beast mode was beast mode all game. So it, it, people say, oh, he made a mistake. No, I'm going to tell you what happened. He literally, that was the turning point for Seattle going forward. This, is the, this was a team of the Legion of Boom, right? Yep. Defense, 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 and th and then you got the thirteenth man. I mean, the twelfth, the twelfth man. Excuse me. You got defense, 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 and the twelfth man. Well, you have a coach 
that's that that's in conflict with that type of mentality. Because remember, Pete Carroll, this guy, offense, offense, offense. He's like, but I'm kind of all, you know, we're winning with this formula with a great defense. We're winning with the 12th man. And then you call a play that doesn't make sense. So to me, you get rid of Pete Carroll with all due respect, respectfully, Pete Carroll has to go. And, and, and just like you said, coaches like Pete Carroll don't come around, right? Look what type of league we're in. Quarterbacks like Russell Wilson don't come around. Mm-hmm. This guy, this guy is what, 32 years old, like you said? Yep. And and still playing primetime football. He's playing primetime football for Seattle. And and unfortunately, we're in a now league. So if if Carroll goes, the Seattle Seahawks, in my opinion, don't really miss a beat. They don't, they don't get better or worse or whatever the case may be. They still have Russell Wilson. They they still haven't gotten a good offensive line. So he's gonna run around all crazy and throw a bunch of it's <laughs> a touchdown passes. So to me, and I think it was a crazy stat out there. It was Russell Wilson and 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 Deshaun Watson, where both of those guys were the only guys that came up with 30 touchdowns running and passing. 30 of them in two consecutive years. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. That's it. You keep Russell Wilson, and unfortunately, Pete Carroll can. Well, we're probably playing golf somewhere. I mean, he's fine. He made a, a gazillion dollars. He's fine. He's probably playing golf. Listen, Russell stays. See, he's I not going to want to. He's not going to want to. But Russell I, I, I got to be the different guy here. I, I, I Pete got to go, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. And he, here's well, why. That's what we said. I no, mean, that's I what mean, we said. I mean, he got to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Russell got to go, and okay. I'll tell you why. If you get rid. So this is the way I look at this. If you're a 32-year-old quarterback, you already have the respect of your peers. Been in the league a long time, so you have control of the locker room. If I think you lose that locker room right. if you allow mm-hmm. Pete Carroll to go. Because I think the rest of those players look at you and say, man, you're really going to let them get you, – you, you're that spoiled? You, you, you're that big of an issue? You're that egotistical that you're going to let that – MVP caliber coach walk, and I think it changes the whole dynamic of the team. For me personally, now if Russell Wilson's 24, I may have to think about it a little bit. But we're talking about a 30-year-old quarterback, in my opinion, that I, I think has seen his best days. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's not still going to be a top 10 quarterback, but I think that right now, if I'm going to rebuild a franchise, then I want a guy like Pete Carroll there to rebuild that, to instill that confidence in a young guy. So for me, based on that, I am I'm letting Russell go. I'm I'm letting Russell go. I'm keeping Pete. And you know, now it's different. If it's a different coach, listen. If, if we're talking about Cliff Kings, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, ah, see Cliff. Sorry, you got to go. <laughs> right? I, like I like you all, but you got to go. But yeah. if we're talking Sean Payton, if we're talking Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, that I'm going with the coach because it is shown to me within this league that you still can win with a really good coach and a really good system. I point to San Francisco. Look what Kyle Shanahan has done with technically without a quarterback. When God, when his soft ass quarterback and Jimmy G goes down, he was still Uh-oh. finding a way to win with Blaine Gabbert, right? With with, with CJ Beathard still finding ways. Now, will that last forever? No, but that's what a good coach does. So for me, I'm keeping a coach. I'm letting a player go. So I had to be different, Andre. You no, know that. That's okay. But but that's- but I was say I was almost interrupting you. Hey, yeah, you listen. I was going to be like Al. But like when you start going, <laughs> we love you, Al. Uh, I was gonna be like, when well, as soon as you said, I was hoping they went the other way. I was like, yo, yo, Mr. Johnson, I, I, I was gonna go that way, but I was like, I let you talk, and I coming at the end. But I'm used to him being opposite of me, Andre. I'm, I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah, look, even you know, I, I told Mo she were on the other side, man. I told okay, Mo. Listen, that's side. why that's why the screens are set up like this, Dave. We're good. <laughs> It's, we're, we're we're like the, the the best answers on Hollywood Squares. Oh, yeah, now, that, now there's a game. Now there's a game that I miss. There's a game. I mean, I'll tell you what game is is back on that I love is Pressured Luck. 
pressure no, lock. Yeah. I love no that. whammies, no whammies. No come whammies. On. No, I want to no. be on pressure lock. But see, <laughs> the problem is the jigsaw will come out, and I'd want to rip apart the whammies, and I wouldn't be able to get them. You know what right. I mean? Because they're all visual, you know? So yeah. I'd look like an idiot. Uh, but let's let's end this show on some hip-hop talkers of culture talk here. And, and again, great show, 49 minutes. This, this is going to be about an hour, uh, which I like. I like that hour 15. We're giving you a lot of good vibes. Remember, at Heat Radio Show Sports, you can listen on YouTube, hit that subscription button, and hit the notification bell so you know when we go live on all our great formats. Trust me, there are tons of stuff up the well, a lot of great content coming. But let's talk about our man, no- Notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Christopher Wallace, and the reason why is because the documentary is getting a lot of love through Netflix, and rightfully so. And when you take away 20 years, 25 years, and then you look back, I don't care how much you've studied the game. When you watch it all over again, you 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 notice certain things. You know, you're like, wow. Like, I watch them, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I really respected him as much as I should have. I watched him on, you know, Yo! MTV Raps and uh, on Spring Break. You know, he's out in Malibu Beach with with Tim's and jeans and a sweater on while, while girls in jeans. I'm like, yo, you know you, that that's Gucci right there. That's you, when you can pull that off, man. <laughs> wait, I'll tell you, man. Well, you can pull that off. And, but I want to talk about Big because. Not is the documentary come up, and I love the number three. So I, I, you know, I do a daily DFS three play. I want to do a three play track list here, and I want to ask you guys because listen, Biggie has a, a, an exponential list of hits, and you could go all over the map. You really can, whether it be a, a cameo appearance he had, whether it be on his first album, whether it be on a soundtrack, you name it, he's got it. I want to ask you guys your top three tracks for Biggie because I think it's hard. It, 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 it's real because I have like seven, and I'm like, okay, right? I do. I I love it, and I'm just like, wow, like, uh, oh yeah. See, Al, look, see, we we got it. I said I forgot that came out. I had to check that out. See, Al, we're here for you, man. That's why we bring it up. Uh, but Andre, Biggie Smalls, Christopher Wallace, number one. You're you know why you're so fond of him, and number two, what's what's your three play track list for my man Biggie? Oh man. Well, first of all, rest in peace to the legend, man. Yeah. The legend. The legend, the, the notorious B.I.G. And and today is March 2nd. Unfortunately, seven days from now will be the anniversary of his death. He died on Mar- March 9th. Yep. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you something, man. Biggie will forever, will forever live in hip-hop royalty. Here, here, here's why, here's why I really, really, really um why is he like one of my favorite artists, right? Well, one. He was talking that he can talk luxury rap, gangster rap, smooth rap, love rap, any any hip hop, any hip hop style he had. It was crazy that when he went, this guy is the same guy who sung Juicy and then went on a track and then went on, a, then went on a track with Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> Come on, man. man. This is all, like the, his range is crazy. He was, uh, he's a legend. Um, I just I I wish that we gave him more of his flowers while he was still alive. There he is, Christopher Wallace, uh, the notorious B.I.G. The three tracks I got for this for for this legend man, for this king, this hip hop king, is we got to go with we got to go with the Netflix side. We got to go with I got a story to tell because that is I mean it's still that's a that is a cultural debate right now. Well, who was he talking about? Yeah. Who was he talking about? On I got a story to tell. One of them, New York. One of them, six five. You know what he said on the track. Yeah, but he was talking about somebody from the Knicks. We know that for sure. Um, um, and I gotta go with. Uh, I gotta go with the what? I gotta go with the what because Biggie rapping with Method Man on that song mm. is still to me. It's still to me like the one of the craziest. Back and forth thing, and then I got to go with more money, more problems. His that, verse on more money, more problems, and that because mm. it's every a hey, we know what it is more money, more problems, new levels, new devils. So, nah, I like those that. Are my, new, new levels, new devils. I like you got to brand that. I brother, like that's that. that's my that's my three. That's my three. Mo money, mo problems, man. I, I mean, that is that that's the song that doesn't go away. 
right? Huh. That's a song that doesn't go away. And, and it has that that has Puffy written all over it. And, right? It has Puffy written all over it. Just a master producer, man. A guy that I, I don't think it's brought up enough as well. So we got to talk about him one day as well. But Dave, my man, what 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 do you I, I know you were Biggie guy. So what 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 what's your three for Biggie? Because Andre hit some really good three uh, a nice three shot there. What do you got on the menu? Well, <clears throat> First of all, how do you pick three? Um, <laughs> second of all, his collaborations with uh, all the other artists. I, I mean, I didn't want to pick. I did want to pick one of them, but I felt like I couldn't just because, yeah. you know, um, I got uh, Big Poppy, Juicy, and Give Money are, are three that come to mind. Um, but, I mean, I, talking about what Andre brought up, some of the stuff about Biggie, First of all, he's he, his storytelling. I, t- I tell these young kids that I'm around they, the rap that you listen to. They're they're not. There's nothing. There's no fabric. There's no background to it. That this guy told stories, life lesson stories, mm-hmm. and his voice. His voice. Tell me somebody even remotely close that sounds like Biggie to you. There, there is not one person, uh, you know, and I know everybody sings a different way and everybody has a different voice and sounds different. There isn't anybody close that can sing or spit or however you want to say it the way Biggie could do it. And and to me, you hear that voice and like you automatically, you smile. Mm-hmm. You start bobbing, you're, smi- you're smiling, you're bobbing your head, you just... I don't know. I mean, the three songs I wrote down were what I said earlier. Uh, Big Poppy to me, probably. I, I just, uh, that song's uh, uh, Big Poppa, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, but the Italian name, Dave. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you give a little David Ortiz a little prop out. Yeah. Little that's all right. But I mean, uh, I thought he was, you know, I think he's the best. Uh, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, like I said, the storytelling and and the way his voice resonated, totally unique and and can't be duplicated. It's 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 funny because we talked about this ringless list and and said you know wish we could take guys like AI and T Mac and Reggie Miller and put them in the game today and just think about if guys like Big Pun and Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac did not die so suddenly and so young if they if they were able to able to make two or three or four more albums I mean mm-hmm. I, I you know we I, I talk all the time that I think Jay Z is the goat but mm-hmm. I, it's just because again he stood the test of time. And, and, and he's kind of he's elevated the game when it comes to culture, when it comes to clothing lines, right? It, it, the diversity, record labels, you name it. Jay Z is he is the king, right? He he is the king, right? But there's not no reason why Tupac and Biggie and Big Punk couldn't have been as big. I don't think they would have ran their own company, but just just from a lyric a, a lyrical standpoint. So, Dave. Get money to me. I, it's not on my list, but I, only because of the collaboration with with Junior Mafia. But that song, I could listen to that all day long. Number one, I, I have an infatuation with Little Kim. Uh, you know, she, she is literally like hey, I, I told my wife that that's a hall pass right there. <laughs> all right, I'll just tell you. I get a haul. There's a couple of lot. We're going to get an episode of Hall Pass, too, because I think that that's a really interesting conversation. But I love Get Money, the beat. And and here's the thing. Junior Mafia with Little C's people, they are so underrated. They, they, they are. Like, you listen to that album, it is electric. So that's a great find. But for me, who shot you? Uh, it, just because... It has everything to do with what happened between the East and West Coast kind of, you know, with the vibe with when Suge Knight came into the fray and and all of a sudden, you know, it, it, we went from Pac and Biggie being friends to being enemies all because people were clouding the judgment of both of these guys. So I, I love that song. I love what it stands for. Notorious Thugs, That that I, I don't know if there's ever been a better beat. I'm just I'm just gonna tell like Bone Thugs and Harmony the way just on another level and add them with that beat and Biggie's rhymes. I again I I know what I'm listening to tonight. I can tell you that right now. And, and, and for me, 
it's got my number one's got to be juicy. I mean, how, mm. it was all a dream. I mean, that's all you have to say. Everybody, how can nobody relate to it was yeah. all a dream? You can you right. can start you can start. It was all a dream. Just a line on like a Twitter and say finish the lyrics, and everybody would be on there. It was all a dream. I yeah. used to read word up, and and everybody would write their own line. What what line came next after that, and everybody would know it. Everybody would know it. That's no, what right. And he 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 was the culture. He was the standard, you know. And and more importantly, we you know it's funny that we we talk about like all these hip hop artists and and who was the king and who wasn't the king and all that. But we, but we never talk about the impact on how many other lives they've changed. And and that's when I when I see Biggie and Jay Z and all these other and and a few other guys. I always think about the people's lives that they've changed over the years for the better. And, and to me, that's where that's when you become the king, when you become the leader, because they never was out for themselves. And, and Biggie always, always used to say it is all good, baby, baby. Like he yeah. always led with love. Like so that to me is incredible about that, that young man. No, it's a great point. It is because we talk about it all the time. You know, he, 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 they gave people, you know, they gave young kids everywhere a strive to be able to be an MC. They did. They gave them hope. Right. And we talk, mm -hmm. listen, you, you just watch the story. You know that you, you fall into the trap, no matter what kind of environment you live in or grow up, you fall into the same trap. There, there's a good crowd and a bad crowd. You have to decide what way you want to go. Right. And these guys were able to show you, listen, we, we got out, we made it. Right. We, we made it. You can make it, too. And and listen, Biggie with the producer. That's the one thing that separated Biggie from everybody. He had the number one producer. Right. I mean, Paul P. Diddy was was the man. P. Diddy was the man. P. Diddy was one of the reasons. I, I, listen, I, Rich makes a good point here, and he says he thinks that imagine the albums that they could have come out with. They would have blown away Jay-Z. I, I, I do not disagree. Honestly, I don't disagree at all. Because I, I do think if they were on this life for a longer period of time, it, it, we wouldn't be talking about Jay-Z as the GOAT. Or, I mean, not everybody thinks Jay-Z is a GOAT. I'm just saying I do. But mm -hmm. I don't think I, – I think Jay-Z gets dropped down on a level because these guys would have so much more content, man. They really would. And it would be electric. It's the butterfly effect, though. It's like it's the butterfly effect. We don't know what would have happened. And, and we can go on and on and on. No different than we talk sports about different eras, different generations. That's why I love stuff like 2K when you put an old player with a new player, yeah. you know, and see what happens. But, hey, listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, I got a story to tell Al. Al is – I got a story to tell is one of my favorites uh, for, for other reasons, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, the, that's the song right there. I, yeah, I'll say – see, Al – Jay, Jay Z is goat, and it's not even close. See, and, and, and I'm with Al. Me and Al agree. And we listen. I promise. This is we we, we, just, we we're gonna do a one hour show of just all hip hop, and you know we're gonna make one show. And it's it's gonna lay to to male MCs, and then we got to get the ladies some props too because mm -hmm. you can't you you can't discount people like MC Light and Foxy Brown and Little Kim and African Bubotica. You you can't forget Moni Love, right? Queen Latifah. So we can do a whole show just on the women too. So I'm excited about that. I can't wait. That's that that's my go-to right there. But Jay-Z Al, absolutely. He I is just go guy. back to the lyrics though. Or or I go back to the vocals. I'm so I'm sorry. I just you can't Jay-Z, who would you rather hear sing a song? Well or Jay-Z. I well, mean what, what, what you said. Right. What you said, Dave, is right because Jay Z's not telling a story. Jay Z's rapping. So, so here's the thing: Jay Z is spitting, right? He's spitting. He's just rhyming, right? Biggie telling a story. You know, mm -hmm. Pac told a story. You know, Biggie tell a story, right? So th that is the difference. But I just, just the, the 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 uh huh uh huh, like just just the 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 little little you know subtle differences. In, in, in rhyme movement within Jay-Z throughout a song, to me, he like when, when he would do a cipher, like he would just go off. 
no matter what. He's all over. I don't think Biggie could do that. I think Biggie just stays one point and just he just he he, he continues to tell a story, but rhyme on one level. I just think that Jay Z can go all over the map, and that for me is what makes him the goat. Um, Nick Nick says Eminem. Listen, Eminem. No no disrespect well, to Eminem. Eminem's yeah. in my top five. Oh, I'm Marshall, not gonna lie. Eminem's in my top sick five with the lyrics. Ooh. He's sick. And Nick, listen, that's a whole nother, That's a whole nother show. Yes. This, this yeah. guy. This this guy is was ridiculous with his lyrics. Come on. Hey, uh, that's a great. And I, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm actually glad Nick brought that up because that's where, uh, even though you know, obviously, when Eminem was in the game and he was heavy in the game. That's all a lot of for a stretch. That's all everybody wanted to listen to. It was, you know, when M was in a game, it's like every and then eight mile kind of solidified the whole movement. Mm -hmm. You looked at him a little different after the movie Eight Mile. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't Rich. I, I don't know, man. I listen. Eminem was telling a story. He wasn't just spitting, man. He was telling a story. I mean, yeah, he was definitely a storyteller. Right. I mean, here's a dude who was writing lyrics on a napkin, right? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> mom's spaghetti. Right. <laughs> mom, He's mom's spitting spaghetti. up mom's spaghetti. Like, come on, man. It was a man, man. I just drank Kool-Aid. Dare me to drive? So, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, I love, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you listen to that song, man. It just when he came out, uh, my name is. You listen to those lyrics. You got like, scared a little bit. Like, what's going on with this dude's head, right? But, yeah. um, but listen, this gave me an idea. I, 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 so on Sundays, you know, I started. I, I shifted from the DFS thing on Sundays, and and I'm doing a a daily sports blend show where it's it's sports history. Basically, uh, I did a 2025 year show on Sunday, and every every week now I'm gonna pick a year. This week is gonna be 2005, and what we're gonna do, just random years. We're gonna pick a year out, and we're gonna break down all crazy sports moments, players, everything within that year. We have to do a. I think we need to do a music show once a month. To where we break down the same thing. We just pick a year, man. Ninety six, boom. We and then for a week we prepare for right for nineteen ninety six and just say, you know what, we're gonna start picking apart what the the Billboard charts, the albums we remember, the lyricists we remember, and it just doesn't have to be hip hop. We're all culture. It's everything in that year. So I, I'm, I'm excited just thinking about it. So that's something that we are going to do. Um, ah, look. <laughs> I logged on to watch some sports talk. What the hell? Icy colors, colors. I'm a nightmare walking psychopath talk. <laughs> hey, Rick, well, here's the problem. Rick, you missed the whole first half of the show. We were hours talking about sports, man. We switched it up at the end, man. Um, <laughs> Rich says, show is thanks, Rich. I appreciate you tuning in, buddy. Music shot. I mean, uh, Listen, the music show is coming. Trust me. I promise you. I, I just, you know, we're, we're doing so much. I, I don't even know if we can. We're spread so thin right now. So we got to fit it in somehow. So we'll, we'll figure it out. But it, it will definitely happen. But sure. hour and seven minutes. Uh, perfect timing. We do uh, 9.30. I told my man Dan Green we thought by 9.30. And here we are at 9.30 for Flyer Nights. I think they're going to do a post-game show for the Flyers. Nice. But. As always, Heat Ratio Sports, all social formats for Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, Coach Dave Dixon, Andre Anomaly Johnson. Let me just tell you, it has been fantastic. I appreciate everybody's support internally, and we appreciate everybody's support as a team. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.